Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? Higher Learning is on. It is I, Van Lathan Jr. And it's me, Rachel and Lindsay. Rachel, Lynn, Lindsay, I know you got your Reebok on right now. You're rocking your Reebok. Yeah, Reebok Classic, to be exact. What's the difference? I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, don't. How, are cheeses bad? Throwback? I don't like. I think they're disgusting. They they seem like they're um, really processed. Uh, they stink. No, they don't. Yeah, they do. Cheeses. They do. Yeah, they smell. Well, we're not gonna be getting any cheeses. Yeah, I love them. I love them. I, I know. I've I, I've been watching you eat them hey, even before we got on this podcast. It's. I want to say something real quick. Um, go ahead. I got I got Canada and Australia mixed up. Hungry oh, Jacks. Oh yeah. Hungry Jacks is the Australian Burger King, not the Canadian Burger King. I'm sorry, Canada. Just loud and wrong. Loud and you were so confident. Well, Pulled up the logo. Hungry Jacks, Canadian. Well, I was right. I just got the countries mixed up. Got, y'all see that? Did y'all just hear that? They got oh burned. no, but I was still right. But the, I messed it up. The spirit of the story <laughs> that I was telling was correct. I just, I, but remember, I was right, but I was wrong. You remember I said, remember I said it before. I was like, they got a lot of Canadians and Australians on the tour. You did, you did. Well, he cannot be wrong. He cannot be wrong. I wasn't um, wrong. It was a mistake. <laughs> listen to him, y'all. No, 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 no. I got, I got hit up about it. I, honestly, I believed whatever you were telling me because I didn't know either way. Hungry Jacks. I'm sorry, Canada. You guys got Burger King. I wonder. <laughs> well, I do want the Canadians. To jump in and tell me, besides Tim Hortons, if there's anything in Canada that you guys have up there that we don't have here. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there is, but do you mean like that we have that they've changed the name? Because surely they have restaurants that we don't have here. Restaurants, but I want to know like fast food chains. There's like a, what's the Canadian, you know, as Canada, you know, you guys are thinking you're walking through a society with no guns and you're going places and you're thinking to yourself, this is great. This is great. And where are we going to go eat? So clean here. Go eat anywhere. Because we don't throw the wrappers on the ground. Canada. Actually, I do want to know. Because I have to go to Canada in a month. Mm -hmm. So. For what? Let me know. Baby shower. Were you going to go to Canada for a Canadian baby? Yeah. Yeah. My friend moved to Canada. She moved to Canada? I'm going to go celebrate her. I have not seen her since my wedding. And I'm really excited to see her. So. What part of Canada? What part of Canada does she live in? Toronto. Toronto. I feel like that's very like <laughs> Americanized. What's Americanized about Toronto? I just feel like it's like um I mean when I when I went, I didn't feel like I was in granted, I've only gone people are gonna be mad at me. I've only gone for work purposes. Right. Right. So I've never been there more than forty eight hours, but I felt like I was in like a New York City. Interesting. I went there and I didn't feel that way. Okay, yes, I'm probably going to get it. No, you, why that, would you I, get it? I haven't had the, I, I'm not taking away from the Canadian culture. I've just, I'm always in and out. So I haven't really experienced it. Everything I saw, I was like, oh, we've got that there. We've got that too. We've got that too. That's how it felt. So what did you expect to go there and see Mounties and No, elks? I did not. What did you expect, Rachel? <laughs> Did you expect you to go up to Canada and see? I don't know what I expected. It was my first time. It was, okay. 
You need to stop. I just, on the record, I never said those things, nor did I expect to see. That's them. what you're. That's what you're saying. You said mountain. It, like, it was. It was like. It's like <laughs> you going up there. Like what do I you expect don't to know. see? It's just like just like when you go to a different country, you expect to see bullwinkle different with the culture. Bullwinkle. And so I don't big know. Big fucking elk. But you know what would be great is if our Canadian listeners could just like, you know, like write out a little list for me and then I can, you know, like shut up and I'll come back on the podcast and I'll talk about all the things that I was able to experience. You got to drop there for a short time, y'all. You got to drop by Drake's house. Because, you you know, I'll just follow the follow the map that Kanye gave me. Okay, he put up the, um, the map. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. You could be doing anything this week, right? You've got work errands, friends, and a whole lot of fun in between. That's why the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the capable SUV that's built for your life. With premium interiors, available wireless charging, and room for your whole cargo and crew. Okay, Hyundai. Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the all-new 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. What'd you do yesterday, Rachel? You know what I did yesterday. Let's talk about it. Rachel went to D-Nice with Kalika. I went to D-Nice and Friends. I had, y'all, I had the best time. I'm I'm trying to make a conscious effort to say yes, more yes to doing stuff with friends and more no when it comes to work stuff because it's always the opposite. So I've really been doing that lately. I'm so glad I said yes. I'm so glad somebody else said they didn't want to go so I could go. And I had the best time. I've been to a concert in a few years. There were some surprises, which is always great. The energy was up. I haven't been to an outdoor concert in forever. It was like aunties and uncles and and like young folks and, uh, you know, other people were there. And it's just everybody was just having a good time celebrating other, music. Other people were there? What does that mean? Well, I was about to say, I was about to say like, you know, like you would see like some of your favorite celebrities were there. And I just said other people. That's what that, that's what I meant by that. Um because they kept showing them on the on the audience and like you you know like everybody was just dancing and having a good time. I mean showing them on the screen. Everyone was dancing, having a good time. I mean it was Tank um anti-vaxxer. Common Common was uh really and he was there? Tank big time anti-vaxxer. Big time. Wow. Okay. Tank, Trey Songs, uh Common, he was breakdancing, George Clinton, that was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh that was a surprise. Isley Brothers. Isley. Um Deborah Cox, who looks and sounds phenomenal. Sheila E. Speaking of Toronto. Tore up the set. Yeah. Sheila E. Tore up the set. Erica Campbell. Um, Anti-vaxxer. Hmm. Because of religious reasons? I guess so. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, For Mary Mary, right? Yeah. 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 One half of Mary Mary. Uh, yeah. It was good. And D-Nice, of course, like did his thing and... Um, it was just like the, this, the energy was so good. I had the best time. It seemed like time. an anti-vax attack is what it seemed okay. like to me. An anti-vax attack? Yeah. You had two, like, so how many people you said, so that was a, there was a high percentage of anti-vaxxers that were there. You said 10. You named, they were Shout on stage Erica, and that's two people. And I don't, and I did not know any of this. There's two people on stage. There was no messaging of anti-vax that came out of their mouth. Just their just what their if, music. What if the nice what they would have booed like crazy. What if, what if the nice would have been would have been scratching. I'm gonna drop the needle right now. 
Yo, yo, when I say get on the scene, fuck that vaccine. Get on the scene, fuck that vaccine. What if you what if he would have what if he'd have thrown it at? Would you have chanted it? I think the lights would have just shut out. No, because No, it's like I would a not mob. have chanted it. It's a mob I would mentality. not have I would, I would not have chanted. Um, but you were saying that you heard it was whack. I heard that y'all was Who doing said a lot that? Of, I heard y'all was doing a lot of complaining. Complaining about what? The fact that D Nice had too many guests. I, that's well. What else was he supposed to do? Well, I just play music. Saying. That's that nigga DJ. That's my nigga. But that like he did. He, he DJ'd before, beaky, like thirty beaky, minutes beaky. before anybody came out. All right. And then he he saved the last fifteen minutes to DJ. He DJed in between, but it was cool because I like the element of surprise. So I like it. And he had v, these VIP couches on stage, and you couldn't see who was sitting on him. And he'd be like, you know, Sheila E's in the building. While, you know, Common was performing. Mm-hmm. And then Sheila E would come up and the next person would move to the VIP and he'd be like, oh, who's that? Who's there? Who's there? I, it was, I loved it. Do you I think, loved every bit of it. Do you think that D-Nice is thankful for the pandemic? I think that's taking away a lot of what D-Nice has done what you mean? before the pandemic. Because you're making it seem like, yeah, he definitely blew up for people maybe who didn't know him but like he's always had yeah he of course he's well, let's not always but that's that's how you made it let's safe. not bullshit let's not bullshit because this is why i don't like i don't like when we bullshit let's not bullshit i'm first not bullshitting d nice has been one of the best first of all d nice has had exactly. an amazing career I, my name is d nice my name is my name is d nice so you remember that when he was a rapper do you I actually do, and Common yeah. referenced that on stage. Actually, yeah. my name is D Nice. My name is my name is D Nice. So D D Nice been doing this thing for a long time. At the top of his game, I I didn't see D Nice here, New York. D Nice rocked a party in Anguilla a couple of years ago. We were there. Take anything from, away from D Nice. D Nice went to the next stratosphere of superstardom during the pandemic. Let's yes. just keep it real. It's like I was. So on, do I think he's I was on, thankful? I was on. I was on TV for seven years, and then Kanye West came into the building, and then I went from being a dude that was on TV, right, to being a little bit more than that. It helped. And the question is, if Donald Trump doesn't become president, does that happen? The answer is probably not. So the Trump presidency, in a way, kind of fucking worked out for me. Bad for America, bad for the world, worked out for me. The reality is pandemic terrible. Let's be honest. Pandemic worked out for D-Nice. Well, that's diff- you're phrasing it in a different way now. The question you asked me is he thankful, okay? Yeah. That's totally different than saying it worked out. Like, things happen and they worked out in his favor. We got but. Being thankful for it? That's a totally different thing. You're not, you're here. not, are you, are you thankful for Trump's presidency? No, you're not. But little his, bit, pre- oh. Little bit. Just is that what, is that the red hat? You want to turn the red hat to the front little, while you're over there talking? Little bit. Just a little bit. Look, if it had to happen, at least. You I'm, lied. Stop. I thought we aren't bullshitting. <laughs> stop. I'm bullshitting. I'm, 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 I'm bullshitting. <laughs> but look, uh, what I'll say is, uh, but you know, it'll be, no one's ever asked the nice this. That must be tough. Because nobody something. wants to. I, I want to know. I would ask him that. Listen, like, some people didn't have their worst year during the the pandemic. And I'm sure he probably thinks about that. Uh-huh. Right? But at the same time, what he did, not every DJ would have been able to Hell do. Hell no. You know? He, he brought and a like, whole lot. He saved he, us. 
Yeah, and that was that was actually a lot of the messaging um, last night. But that's the thing. It was about a celebration. He brought us together. I mean, I know people who got dressed up for club quarantine. I know people who, you know, like we would call our friends and we'd be like, oh, did you hear that song? And like, I remember Brian and I were like dancing to the music and we put it on the speaker and it was a thing. And he did that. And then so it was nice to see that in person. It club was. quarantine. It's, I'm glad I was there. That is dope. It's for the culture. That is dope for the culture. Um. We got to stop saying for the culture. After last night, I don't want to hear for the culture anymore. I please, will, please, will, please keep going. No. Please keep no. So we'll, that's what you did. That's what you did last night. Stayed home last night and I watched the Jake Paul tournament. I did play. something for the culture. You you wasted your time last I night. I was supporting my guy for the culture. Okay, but you, but, but, be, and after your support, you now want to get rid of that phrase. So please talk about the fight. I didn't see it. So talk to me about it. We'll talk about it I mean, later. I, I caught to, the recap. We have to talk about Donda first, unfortunately. Let's talk about Donda. Yeah, we have to talk okay. about Donda. We, uh, Rachel, Donda, no, Donda, Donda. To... Okay. Calm down. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Everybody take a beat. I'm sorry. What, what were your thoughts about Donda? <sighs> Did you, wait, wait. Did you listen to the entire album? Yes. Okay, I did too. What did you think? You asked me first. Want me to answer first or you want to answer first? What do you think? No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. So outside of all the other controversy, just listening to the album. So this is what I thought. I was listening to Donda and I was not connecting to Donda. The music was Mm -hmm. just fine. Very talented musician, very talented team of musicians come together to make Donda. Wasn't connecting to Donda and then two songs at the end really got me. The part twos? No. Not the part twos. The, well, that's um, at the end. I know, but, but like just before those, um, I think keep one, my spirit alive. No, it was uh, come yeah, that's the, one I the, like. the come alive. That's the one that got to me. Come alive, come alive, and then no child left behind. Uh, like so, those two songs really, 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 really got me. And you guys all know that it's been a rough year for the Lathan family. If you start getting in your bag and talking about life and being all exuberant about it and and hopeful and soulful, you can get to me. And I was actually a little bit disappointed that the rest of the album wasn't really so much like that. I, I expected it to have more of that feel, but 27 tracks is a lot. It's not bad. It's just there's a whole I can go deeper on the whole thing, but I want to get your take. Well, I mean, I guess I don't. I didn't know what I was going to expect. So, so no way. The song you're talking about, just to be clear, is "Come to Life." Come to life. Come to life. And, I, then, and then no child left behind. So, I feel like the album is in two parts. Mm-hmm. It felt like it was two sided mm-hmm. because after Donda, to me, the music changed. I didn't really connect to the first fifteen songs, um, like. The, the music was good. I'm just not into melodic rap. I'm not into that style of, of rap. So like him on the track, I didn't connect to. The music was, was, was great. Mm-hmm. I, was, I listened to the album in the car as I was driving around, so I was able to hear the whole thing. But after Donda, I felt like the music changed a bit. Um, so Keep My Spirit Alive is the first song after Donda, which I really, really liked. I liked Jesus is Lord. I personally like the part twos, which I don't think any of these songs are necessary radio. Um, 
versions or radio records, but I would say the part twos of those versions, if anything, are. Uh, I really connected to keep my spirit alive and Jesus the Lord. Jesus, Jesus Lord. Jesus those Lord. were were my favorites. But I mean, I feel like it's one of those albums that I need to listen to the whole thing again. Yeah. Um, I was more so just listening it with the once over more than I was listening it to it lyrically, except for Keep My Spirit Alive. Um, yeah, I mean, it was okay. It was okay. I don't know what I was expecting. I know. What but I wasn't expecting. like, I wasn't like just blown away, but it wasn't. I think some people have been a little too harsh on it, but I wasn't just like blown away. I have a take. Would you like to hear my take? I would love to. First of all, I think we all would. First of all, I also like the song Hurricane with The Weeknd. The Weeknd comes on. The Weeknd is a he's got I'm not a, a big Weeknd. He's got a he's got a freaky little voice. That's what you call The Weeknd gives you freaky vocals. You know, a lot of people give you powerful vocals. Some people give you smooth vocals. The Weeknd gives you freaky little vocals, a freaky little voice of The Weeknd. Is that a compliment? Shout out to Toronto again. Canada is dominating this fucking podcast. <laughs> this podcast is being dominated by the Canucks up north. Shout out to my people in motherfucking Canada once again. Um, so this is my take. I know what you were, what you were, uh, what you were looking for on the album, and what I was looking for on the album, and what people are looking for on the album is magic. I thought about this yesterday as I was listening to 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 the album. It's very interesting that I finally connected this. I'm a person. I think about magic. Right. I'm a person that likes the magic of life. The magic of life. The things that seem otherworldly, out of Mm -hmm. place, inspirational for reasons that you don't know. And I I thought to myself, why do I, why am I so enamored with that? Because it has Mm -hmm. to do with belief. Magic Mm -hmm. is just belief. Okay. Either you go into it believing in magic, and that makes the magic special, or you didn't believe in the magic. And then when you get the magic on the other end, it's special because now you believe magic takes belief. And that's the kind of thing that like we invest into, into people, you know, we give them belief. We believe in them. That makes them magical. Like Matt, like Mike, like, like Michael Jackson is a kid, right? It's all magical. It seemed like he came from another dimension It's because we believed right. in Michael Jackson. We believed in the way that he made us feel. Okay. And it was, and because it was connected to your childhood, it's very hard to divorce yourself from that belief. And to be mm-hmm. honest with you, Kanye West has had that for a long time. For a long time, Kanye West had positioned for you, yeah, for me. For a long time, mm-hmm. Kanye West had positioned himself in a way to where I actually believed in him. So the product that he put forth was magical in a way. It struck me in a way. The belief that I had in Kanye West, it wasn't just the belief of Kanye West as a musician. It was the belief of Kanye West as an entity, not so much even a man, because what he was doing was always bigger than him as a mortal, right? He was taking on these big things and saying these big things and challenging these big deals and and living in these worlds and doing all of this stuff. And it seemed like it was coming from it was coming from the deepest parts of who he was. It felt like Kanye West couldn't help but say George Bush doesn't care about black people. It felt mm-hmm. like Kanye West couldn't help but put a, a message about uh, conflict diamonds in his rhymes. It felt like Kanye West couldn't help but talk about uh, Jesus in a rhyme, give us Jesus walks, when he was talking about on the record that nobody else would do this and it would hurt him um, in terms of 
his popularity. He just couldn't help but do it. And that's the kind of thing that makes you believe in somebody. Well, the magic is gone now because I just don't believe in Kanye West anymore. Before you continue, did that stop after the time on TMZ or was there a certain album that you just stopped believing in him on? It, it, was, it wasn't so much after the time on TMZ. I think the time on TMZ represented disappointment. And mm-hmm. you can be disappointed. Everyone, people are disappointed in me. I, people disappointed me for working at TMZ. People disappointed me for things I've done in my relationship. People disappointed me for all kinds of reasons, right? So, like, mm-hmm. you can be disappointed in people, right? Um, it's very sobering when you realize that what you thought was magic really wasn't. And it, and and that's almost not fair to him because. Maybe it was then, and it's not now. Maybe he's changed more than I have. But a lot of the reasons why I can't connect to the record and fall into it is because I just don't believe it anymore. And mm. I, be, because I don't believe it anymore, that thing that connected me to the music, it's gone, right? And that just does, doesn't just exist with him that exists in all types of art. That, like, for example, I made a black girl magic joke with you on, on text, right? Mm-hmm. You know what black girl magic really is? What? It's the belief in black women. Yes, it's, it is. It's the belief that there is something special, unique, strong, powerful, and completely individual about the black female experience. And no matter what, it can't be recreated anywhere else because the experiences that have come together to create sisters are so unique that you can't recreate it. So black ladies have this intrinsic magic that they can access whenever they want. And we believe in them. First, you see that in your mother, your sister, the women you could share your community with. Then you get out into the world and you go, hey, man, all sisters are like this. There's really is something to that. That's the belief that you have in that. Right. And, then you know, you, you never get a reason uh, to not believe it unless, you know, you watch Love and Hip Hop or something like that. But wow. in terms of in terms of uh, this, I'm sitting down. The music isn't stirring me because part of me doesn't think that there's anything behind it. Now, as far as the two songs that I said that really moved me. Mm-hmm. That's because. They saw that they, they 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 felt like hymns and I lost my dad. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I hear come to life or God breathe, I think about my relationship with God is what I was kind of dealing with. Those songs brought me to the world that I'm looking at and how I view my own mortality and how I look around and see things and just what I would want uh, my days to kind of look like and the feeling I would want to have. But I really seriously in a real way this is gonna sound so weird man i loved kanye west yeah you've talked you've yeah you've talked about that before and these last couple of projects i didn't really listen to them i didn't really i didn't listen to yay i didn't listen to jesus lord um Mm -hmm. and i haven't stayed away but i love and and it's like it's almost i said this on the ringer music show it's almost like what it was like when mike tyson started hitting the pads again last year and everybody started thinking, okay, ooh, Mike Tyson looks so good. This means Mike mm-hmm. Tyson can go out and win the heavyweight championship. Nah, that Mike Tyson can't. The Mike Tyson that you remember is the mm-hmm. one you want to continue to show up. At some point, you got to come to terms with the fact 
that that guy existed in that time. And he's never going to knock out Michael Spinks again. That, that happened one time. He's never going to knock out my, and the feeling that you feel, the belief in him that you had when he did that, it's gone. And it would be better served of you giving it to somebody else. So for me, this is a long-winded way of saying, I tried it. I listened to it. It was cool. The other shit, it's over. And guess what? Maybe it should be. I'm fucking 41 years old. I uh, doesn't have anything to do with it. I just let me let me ask you this though. With all that you just said, which I I totally understand. I mean, I didn't connect to Kanye. I like Kanye, and I, there was a different time when I liked him, uh, his music more than I do now. But I definitely didn't have like the deep bond that you have. But I totally understand what you, what it is that you're explaining. I wonder for you though. Each time you hear that Kanye is going to have an album, you said you didn't listen to, to Ye. You said you didn't listen to Jesus is Lord, but you took the time to listen to this one. Yeah. Were you hopeful that this one would be different because of everything that's happened? Is it because you're in a different place in your life right now? Is it because the hype and all the conversation that's been going around? I'm, I'm, I'm curious as to why you said, you know what? This is the one that I actually want to take time to listen to. Like what brought you back? I need some inspiration, man. Mm -hmm. I god damn it man I need to feel like I did when I was 27 or 28 years old again when graduation was popping and I was trying to and rather than go out there and do the hard work to get back to where my mind is free of fog and my body feels good again I tried to cheat with music and now mm -hmm. and then it was a double whammy yesterday it was fucking Donda came out and it was just okay and then the fight that night. I'm like, God damn it. This era is the worst. What you should have came to D nice and what? friends. Your spirit would have been totally different if you had gone. Maybe, but 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 maybe, but it was a bunch of people out there talking about don't take the vaccine. No, stop to stop spreading. It's an anti-vax concert. You would have been in a you would have been in a box. You would have been separated. I'm telling you. Yeah. I'm telling you. I love D nice. It would have been different. Uh but no, but but look, that's not to say Donda was whack. And by the way, so many people are uh, mad at me because they think I have an axe to grind with Kanye West? I don't. Uh, zero axe to grind. Zero axe. People will always put that on you because there's, of what happened. There's no axe. Like, when I say that, like, man, yesterday was the the 16th anniversary of Hurricane Katrina. Mm -hmm. Man, we're, uh, we've talked about this before, man. We're in the water, wading through shit, trying to get our belongings together. I lost all my fucking comic books. You know, it was just terrible. People lost it. Listen to me. I lost all my fucking comic books. 1,800 people died. <laughs> fuck, fuck the yeah. fucking episode, uh, the, the fucking issues of x -Men. <laughs> You know, just like you, but you know, you, but you lost a bunch of things. Everybody, but you lost something. Yeah, you know, yes. I lost a bunch of shit. And so, um, and this guy goes on TV and says, fuck the president. He's not doing enough for black people. You believe in that. Like, he becomes a wizard, becomes something more, becomes a symbol. And then he changes and I kind of don't. And you know what? Mm -hmm. It's not even fair to him because, like, I haven't changed. Ain't nobody giving me no billion dollars. I worked at TMZ. Maybe if they gave me a billion dollars, I would wear the hat too. You never know. You never know. You never know. So I'm not any better than anybody and nobody is. I'm just saying, she ain't the same, man. She, yeah. ain't, she ain't the well. same. She ain't the same. And he took Chris Brown off that bitch. There's a lot of controversy surrounding it. So Chris said said the record wasn't supposed to come out. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I believe that. Um, 
Because I feel like that's, I just feel like that's a scapegoat to say, if people are disappointed, it wasn't finished. It, I, I didn't remove you off the track. That wasn't supposed to come out yet. You know what I mean? Like it leaves it, 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 it it's a scapegoat. He's blaming it on Universal. Soldier Boy said he was supposed to be on it. Right. The baby, the baby in Marilyn Manson. I never heard that track. I don't even know if there's a place where you can listen to it. That that uh, did make it universal. He said took that off, and rightfully so. Yeah. What else? Childish Gambino's claiming. Yeah, the, you know Donda his, has his been lot. Donda has been the talk of. Do you think that Chris Brown is overreacting if he got took off the album, calling Kanye a hoe and saying he tweaking because he didn't make the album? Okay, maybe the use of "ho" is a little bit much, but I think he is rightfully upset. I mean, clearly he took the time uh-huh. to put together a verse, and for to be on this album, he's been anticipating it for different reasons than us because he was on it. Right. I think there's some there's an I think artists feel honored to be a part of Kanye's newest project, especially when there's all this anticipation. He probably told everybody, "Check my check my track out," and then bam, it's a little embarrassing for him. Oh, shout out to Shinsia. I was happy to see her on. Who? Did I say her now? Shinsia? Who is that? I don't know who that is. I know she's on it, but I don't, know, I don't really know who she is, though. I'll be honest with you. Shinsia. Oh, she's like, um, uh, she's Jamaican. She's okay. a reggae town hall artist. She sings. She a raps. reggae. Whoa, 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 whoa. She's a reggae town hall <laughs> artist? <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. I was about to say dance hall. Wait, 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 wait. She's a reggae town hall. She's a reggae town hall artist. Okay. Stop getting on me about the Canadian Hungry Jacks thing. We're even. Reggae town hall artist. So what she does is she goes into different town halls where they're debating issues and she does reggae music. She's a reggae town hall artist. <laughs> see how see how one word makes a difference. Dance hall. Whoa, 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 dance whoa. hall is one word. I said she's a town, town hall, artist. hall. So she goes into town hall, uh, town halls <laughs> all over the country. They're, they're talking about Don't different stuff. Don't compare me to what you did with different stuff. With, with, it's the same with thing. Canada and Australia. It's no, no, no. You told thing. a whole story. You were passionate about it. The Showed the logo works. and everything. Hungry no. Hungry Anyways, I, fuck you I like her a lot. She's you. she's she's very very talented, and I was happy. She's not on the album once, but twice. She so does I was town halls to on, on climate change. <laughs> I just can't. Regular town hall artist. Uh, yeah. Um, look, I hope everybody enjoyed Donda. Uh, no hatred. Just I. It's you know. I, it's to the point to me now that it's not going to happen. Maybe it will. Maybe it will. I don't know. But I tried to cheat with Donda. I tried to cheat. I should have. Music is healing, though. So, it I is. mean, I understand why you looked at, for to that as an outlet, you know, to make you feel better. Whose music is the most healing ever? Van's various, Van's very serious question. On the heels of Donda, what artist has the most healing music in the history of music that's a really tough question oh it's tough why don't you just fucking answer it do you have an answer the reason i say that is because like sometimes i go to gospel music for healing and so it's like it's like there's it it just depends (laughs) you you hit me quick with that no Wow. No, gospel is gospel's very healing. <laughs> no, you said no, no, no. no, no go no, with your no, first I'm reaction. Joking. Sometimes I go to gospel. Joking. No. I'm just joking. <laughs> okay. Open wow. my open my heart is my go-to song to take down the rage. Uh oh, Karen Clark. Oh. The battle the battle is not yours. Um, the battle is not yours is good too. What's that one with that guy and his uh 
Oh my God, this song makes me cry. Is it I Need You Now? I can't remember. I'll I'll send it to you. Jesus. Is it Smokey Norfolk? It might be Smokey. Is it is it um Marvin Sapp? Marvin Sapp is good too. <laughs> Jesus Wait, Christ. okay, it came now. I'm questioning everything that comes in my, out of my mouth because I said Marvin Sapp, but in my mind, I, th- I heard Warren, Warren Snap. Warren Sapp does not have the healing music. Warren Sapp does not make any healing music. Also, who would you say? I, I, you can't, you can't outside of gospel, can't be gospel. Okay, what artist thank has you. the Let's most, take that what away. artist has the most healing music? Healing music, music that just fills know, you up. I know. I got an answer. Go ahead. L. Stephen Wonder. That's a good one. That's a really, really Stevie, good one. Stevie Wonder, man. Stevie Wonder. Healing music. Think about it. What artist has the most healing music? I gotta really think about that. Think about it. Come back to me. I'll have it by the end of the podcast. That's a really good, serious question, though. Uh, uh, Marley has great healing music. As I well. was. He has great healing, but he can't. Be, he's not my number one. But he's great healing Why? music. Why? Because I I almost said him, and then I was just like, no, there's somebody else. Is there's it, somebody else. Is it because he was with too many white women? Is that a thing? You're talking home? to somebody in an interracial relationship. No, that's very true. I forgot <laughs> about that. I've been um uh tell Brian to send me. I'm about to start lifting heavy. Tell, oh, okay. Tell Brian to send me like a workout. You know, I will. Yeah, I don't want to work out with him. I've, you've made that clear. No, but tell him to send me a workout. Uh, 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 lifting heavy. I played basketball yesterday. I lost five pounds last week. I'm feeling good. That's amazing. Good Hell yeah. You. Okay. Exactly. All right. <laughs> let's take. Let's take a break. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about it. Last night you went to the D Nice concert. I stayed home by myself. And watched the your choice by the, the, way. the Jake Paul Tyron Woodley fight. Tyron Woodley is a guy I've known for a long time. He used to do a show over at the old TMZ called Hollywood Beatdown. He did this with Evan Rosenblum. So I've got to know Tyron over the last couple of years. He is a great guy. The last four or five years, actually. He's a great guy, great father, mm-hmm. uh, great example. Tyron Woodley is one of the dudes that, um, along with me, is very uh, there's a guy I want you guys all to check out. Tell him Van sent you. A guy named Jason Wilson. Jason Wilson is the head of something called the Cave of Adullam, which is a transitional institute. It trains young boys up in Detroit. It teaches them martial arts. It teaches them self-esteem. It teaches them how to control wow. their emotions. He's an amazing man. Somebody I can I I think is one of the most important men on planet Earth right now. I'm not even joking. He has a new book coming out pretty soon. It's called Battle Cry. In no way have I been paid for this. It's just that Jason Wilson is an awesome Jason guy. Wilson Jason Wilson okay. of Detroit Mr. Jason Wilson is his name on Instagram tell him Van says what's up uh it, I talk to him a lot but he's he's a great guy um Tyron is a guy that already knew him when I met him he's very tapped in I say all this to say I was fucking disappointed with what was happening in the fight last night okay it's <laughs> tough we gotta stop using for the culture okay Tyron and Jake you can. Pa- Tyron and Jake Paul got into a back and forth on the Ariel Hawani show on Showtime. Jake Paul mm-hmm. said he was going to knock Tyron's head off. Tyron Willie said he was going to knock Jake Paul's head off for the culture. When you say for the culture, just like Deontay Wilder did before the Tyson Fury fight, we're expecting all-out war. We are. 
Now, Tyron fought a good fight for the most part. 39 years old, his first professional boxing fight. Jake's been fighting a little bit long in terms of boxing is concerned. Tyron's two-time uh, UFC welterweight champion. It's a little different. He did rock the fuck out of Jake. And the, the ropes did hold Jake Paul up. That would have been a knockdown, maybe a knockout. It should have been scored a knockdown, okay? Tyron, one-on-one card. The other two cards favored Jake Paul. It was a split decision victory for Jake Paul. But there were points in the fight, losses in the fight, where Tyron would not throw punches. He There was a couple of rounds. He only threw six or seven punches. Oh, wow. Yeah, like he... It was almost like he was shelled up at some point. And even when it became... Or maybe he was trying to be like Floyd. With, you know, with, Floyd yeah, dancing but, around. But Floyd sticks you. But even when it became obvious that he needed a knockout, it still was like, come on, man, go knock his head off. You said it was for the culture. And the fucking culture lost. We lost. The, it, when you say it's for the culture, here's the thing about saying I'm a, you're going to do something for the culture. If you're saying you're going to do something for the culture, mm-hmm. and then you lose... The culture loses. So I'm not doing it for the... I I love Tyron. They're going to do it again. I think Tyron can win. Tyron made an awesome payday. It's a win for Tyron Woodley last night. It's a win for Tyron Woodley. Okay? He made an amazing payday. The fight was a... It, it, he, he acquitted himself well in the fight. It's fine. He did not get knocked out. Never really even got hurt, to be honest with you. And he hurt Jake Paul. He legitimately hurt Jake Paul. But the goddamn okay. culture loss, and I'm pissed off. Donda and fucking Tyron in the same day, I'm pissed. You had a lot of high hopes for both. I, I just want to say, like, I'm sorry. You had very high expectations, and I'm I, maybe I'm more of a person who's like, I don't like to get my expectations up super high because then I don't want to be let down and I don't want to be so disappointed. I mean, in this conversation, you have canceled both Kanye West and for the culture, and about? I just don't want to get to that point. What, I just don't want to get to that point. What are you talking I, I, about? I, uh, <laughs> I didn't cancel anybody. See what you see what's see what's happening? <laughs> you go to one anti-vax concert and then you start trying to drive a wedge between me and and no. No and the culture. And the culture. And the culture. No, stop that. Um I I mean, I clearly it wasn't on my prior like a priority for me to watch this fight. I liked the conversation that you posted on your your Instagram between Tyron Woodley and Jake Paul. It made me curious to watch the fight. But I guess I've just watched enough of these YouTubers fighting. And by that, I really mean the Paul brothers, where I'm just like, I'm not going to waste my Saturday night anymore. I'll catch the recap and the highlights later. And to be honest with you, I, I'm, I'm happy that Tyron Woodley got his payday. I didn't really know enough about him coming in to have high expectations for him to knock Jake Paul out. I'm more so so sick of Jake Paul fighting people who are either retired not in, and not in this sport that I don't really want to watch another fight unless Jake Paul is going to match up against somebody who's an actual boxer who's actually still currently boxing. I'm over it because I feel like, you know, like great for Nate Robinson who got a payday, but then look what, look what happened to him. Great for Tyron, Tyron Woodley who got a payday, but then at the end of the day, you talked all this talk. I'm going to slap you in the jaw and the jaw with the culture or whatever else he said. And then you lose and you're over here. Like I, I, I challenge you to a rematch. I challenge you to a rematch. And then the Paul brothers are like, you're old news. I don't like that they're talking to him like that. So I just don't want to see us go down anymore. And I, we just need to stop fighting Jake Paul. Unless you are currently a boxer, 
I don't want to see you go up against any of the Paul brothers. I just don't. I'm over it. I'm well, over Logan, watching well, both Logan of them. Well, Logan Paul's 0-2. He hasn't won yet. Logan okay, but Ross. I'm over watching them. I, but Logan, but then I know it didn't count because it was a, an exhibition. But he and Mayweather, like they, they I, I don't want to see it. I just don't want to see it unless it's an actual fight against two boxers who are currently boxing, who are matched up in size. That's what I want to see. Otherwise, stop putting yourself out there. The, I, I'm sure the money is good, but you're right. At the end of the day, if you don't win, you come out looking very bad. Sorry, that's the lat. The lat. When I close my eyes and I see Nate Robinson, I see him lay down on the that's road. Two time slam dunk, <laughs> two time slam dunk champion, and she sees it. <laughs> but look, here's the thing though. Make a gift. As far as Jake Paul though, Jake Paul's doing the right thing. For his, he's winning. He's but building I'm not, up a professional boxing record. We're um, not talking about him, right? We're talking about the culture, right? But you're you are correct. He comes out looking. Fantastic. So can I ask you this? Because you're more you're more into boxing, you and you know this more than me. So he's he's what four and oh in actual in actual matches. Yes. I think he had one more outside of it. So at this point, people are like, all right, what's next for him? Who is he gonna fight where you would actually and I'm not saying that people disrespect him. I think you have a little bit more respect for him now. He is undefeated. But who do you need to see him fight where you're like, okay, this is an actual match, an actual boxer, somebody, or maybe a UFC fighter who could do the same thing. I don't know who matches up in size. Who do you need to see him fight where you're like, he's got my respect all the way? Well, this is where it gets a little tricky. Because okay. if you do follow boxing, then you know that Jake Paul shouldn't fight somebody legit for a long time. And if you okay. do follow boxing, you you know that that's kind of the way it goes with prospects. Now, if you're a prospect and you have a deep, deep, deep amateur background, like for example, and this not this isn't a deep amateur background. This is a stellar, almost otherworldly amateur background. So, someone like Vasily Lomachenko, right? He came out in his first fight and he fought for a title. That's because he was a two-time Olympic gold medalist, which never happens. And it had something mm -hmm. like 400 amateur fights. So if you have a deep, deep, deep amateur background, then you might come out and take some, some, some marquee fights because you're trying to get, not, a, not marquee fights, but you, you take some fights against legitimate professional boxers because by fight 15 or 20, you're looking for a title shot, right? So if you come out and you're a gold medalist, like you're Oscar De La Hoya or you're Muhammad Ali or you're George Foreman, or you're any of those guys, or even Roy Jones Jr., who didn't win, um, who didn't win an Olympic gold medal, but he, he, Roy Jones Jr. got fucking cheated out of the Olympic gold medal. Why are you laughing? No, because I just think of the song. Y'all must have forgot. <laughs> I just think of the song. I'm sorry. No, I'm not taking away from his boxing career, just his rap He's career. An amazing boxer. So <laughs> what I'm saying is that like. If you're one of those guys and you come out and you have all of this behind you, well, then you're going to fight on some big undercards and then they're moving you along. They're going to take their time with you, but at the same time, they're going to move you along. You get to 15-0, and 20-0, now you're looking for a title shot. So two, three years, four years sometimes. But if you're not, like a guy like Deontay Wilder, who was a bronze medalist in the Olympics, got up to something crazy like 35-0 and or something, mm -hmm. and – if I showed you some footage of some of the guys that Deontay Wilder fought, Deontay Wilder fought a dude, I think it was in Mississippi or Tennessee or somewhere like that, that was the owner of like a local bar. And it's like a real professional fight. I'll send you the video. 
of him oh, wow. fighting this gigantic, huge, out-of-shape guy. And that, So what I'm talking about is this record-making like this, mm-hmm. it happens all the time in boxing. The only difference with okay. Jake Paul is that every these fights for when these guys do this, they're, they're guys that go down and fight in Mexico for the first 10 fights uh, of, their, of their career. Yeah, I saw Creed. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Seriously. They fight in Mexico mm-hmm. for the first 10 fights of their career. They mm-hmm. literally fight cab drivers. Literally people who, oh my God. <laughs> guys who take who take a dive or, or not take a dive, but they, they can't possibly win. So, but you just never see those fights. So when somebody comes out, oh, this guy's 15 and 0, this guy's 20 and 0, it's like whatever. But now with Jake Paul, he is in a unique situation because the fights that he, that he does like this, where he would be building up his career against guys that he's probably going to beat, they're for millions and millions and millions of dollars because, mm-hmm. because of who he is. So theoretically, if whoever Jake's people are, BJ or whoever, if they wanted to bring him along, they would do this for another five or six fights. Let him get another five or six training camps in, depending on if they want Jake to be a real prospect and actually fight somebody one day. They do this for another five or six fights. They do this. They give him different levels. Like last night, Tyson Fury's brother fought on the card. His half brother. I saw. Yeah, good looking kid. Can't really fight, but that's a you wouldn't take that fight if you're Jake and them. So Jake's actually doing the right thing. It's just it's frustrating. I would say we should put a rule: no more black guys. I, I was see. just about to say, don't do it on our on our dime. Like, yeah. don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it for us. Because it's a little weird. Big strong. Let's get in there. I know he fought Ben Askren, but let's get in there with a big strong black guy who looks like he knows what he's doing. And then when he wins, everybody will be like, oh, this is a crazy victory. Now, Jake showed something last night. He was gassed in the second half of the fight. He was moving a little slower. He had gotten tagged. He's had some adversity. He won the fight. Kudos to him. I know what it's like to be in the room. You lace uh, the ring. You lace him up. You lace him up. But it's just tough. If you, It's tough for, to see the culture walk in and, and not win for the culture. Mm-hmm. It's tough. Mm-hmm. It's tough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Um. Drake is dropping this Friday. Certified lover boy. You excited? On a level of one to ten, how excited are you for Drake dropping this Friday? About a three. <laughs> <laughs> you don't care. But listen. You don't no, care. No, no, no. It's not that I don't care, because I like Drake's music. It's just that I am not one of those people who's like hyping it up. Let's just let that shit get here. And when it comes, I will 100% be listening to it. Same with Donda, right? As soon as it comes, I don't want to talk it up. Talk it. Oh, great. He posted this on Instagram. It, it, I thought it was a cute caption. I like to see people playing with... Um, not the caption, but the acute post, Instagram post. I like to see people playing with it. But great. Come Friday, I'll definitely be the one of the people listening to it. But at the moment, I'll wait for it when it comes. You know what I mean? I'm I just I'm not I don't get excited before. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's take a break and we have to get into some serious stuff on the other side of this break because there are a couple of things that very serious that are happening in our world right now. All right, uh, my prayers and my thoughts go out to the people of South Louisiana right now, my home state. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hurricane Ida uh, rammed into Louisiana last night. First of all, let's every, let everybody know right now, my friends and family are okay. Um, I've been in contact with my sister. There have been some power outages. Um, but other than that, she seems to be doing okay. 
uh, it seems like the worst thing that's happened in Baton Rouge as of now is that power has been lost. That is not the case. Uh, and I'm not saying that that's as that that's the case all over Baton Rouge. I'm saying from the people that I've spoken to in Baton Rouge, that seems to be like the worst of it. Um, that's not the case for uh, some of the people south of us, though. You're seeing people uh, in the New Orleans yeah. area, in the southern part of the state that are reporting, obviously, tremendous damage from high winds and also uh, flooding that doesn't seem to be subsiding as of yet. There was heartbreaking stories going around on Twitter. Uh, people saying, uh, tweeting their addresses, where they are, what they were going through, and could somebody come to help them. Um, incredibly dangerous storm. Just another huge hill for the Biden administration to jump. Uh, tough summer for them. Tough, tough summer for them. But even tougher is what's going on in South Louisiana. 16 days, 16 years to the day that Katrina happened. When you heard about this, like, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't realize it was 16 years to the day until they said it, but it immediately takes you back to, I, obviously, I wasn't in Southern Louisiana at the time. I was in college, but I just remember the heartbreaking stories. I remember people from Louisiana coming to Dallas, coming to Austin, coming to Houston. I had friends in college that were in New Orleans, and I just remember how frantic, or from New Orleans, and I just remember how frantic they were about checking on family members and you know keeping us updated about what was going on. And I just cannot imagine being a resident of Southern Louisiana and this happening to you or the fear of it happening to you again. I mean, it's truly, truly heartbreaking and it's really easy to be detached from it. If you don't have family and friends there, if you didn't experience that yourself, I've never been in a hurricane before. I've never even experienced flooding, but it's truly, truly devastating what's happening to that community. And I just hope that the administration, the government does a much better job in giving the resources and the relief to these residents of Southern Louisiana um, that need it, they need it the most. Uh, yeah. So what's happening now, number one, uh, shout out to the owner of the Pelicans <clears throat> um, who is stepping up and donating $1 million to the efforts. If you guys can dig in your pockets, what I'm going to do uh, is post some things on my Instagram, some places that you can go and donate uh, uh, because there's going to be whatever level of damage, there's going to have to be some sort of rebuilding effort. Um, and, you know, even if what you can do is just get some somebody some canned goods to get through a really tough time, you never know. Just every single dollar helps. Uh, there are some low lying towns down there in the south, like we talk about, that things are very, very tough. You want to know what it's like being in a hurricane? What? So, this is what it's like being in a hurricane. So, and this is the fucked up part about it. Like, a hurricane is, hurricanes come if you live in South Louisiana, it's a part of them, right? The Gulf is mm -hmm. right there with all the little warm water. So what happens mm -hmm. is a hurricane will come up from the Caribbean or a tropical storm will come up. Sometimes it'll hit Florida. Like in the case of Katrina, Katrina hit Florida. Katrina hit Florida and then it weakened. Then it gets to the Gulf where the warm water is. It swirls around. It swirls it's like PDs and then boom, it blasts Louisiana, right? So um, Baton Rouge is a little bit more inland. So by the time we get them, we get like what are really bad storms sometimes depending on how powerful mm -hmm. the hurricane is. Mm -hmm. um, but you're in your house and you've planned for it. You've planned for it. You okay. know that the hurricane's coming. So you went and you got all your water. Uh -huh. You got all your uh your 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 canned goods, you know, 
pop tarts, your fucking um, Vienna sausages. Your you, you filled up your your stuff with ice, and you're gonna ride out. You don't have you you can't go anywhere. At least you're gonna ride it out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the LSU football team actually relocated to Houston because remember they have millions and millions of dollars. Uh, funded by the state and by boosters so they can go hey but for most people they can't do that gotta stay right and you're with you're with people most of the time most of the time you're with people most of the time it's like hey everybody come over here and we're gonna ride out the hurricane together because you don't want to be scared and lonely so most of the time you're Mm. with people and you're you're sitting there and you're watching it you're seeing it made landfall you're keeping up with it you're keeping up with it maybe you're playing monopoly maybe you're doing something and then all of a sudden the lights go out. Always the first thing that happens as the storm is coming. The wind starts whipping, the lights go out. The lights go out, and this has been almost my experience with every hurricane. The lights go out at some point, and then I fall asleep. And when you wake up, you are in the middle of the seventh level of hell. Windows are shattering, branches coming through windows. You're looking outside, trees that you thought would never, ever, ever move are toppled over. Water is everywhere. And when you get in a really bad one, sometimes they just come and blow a couple of wind gusts and they don't do nothing. And you think to yourself, fuck, what the fuck? You feel the house moving. The winds are whipping. Like you you go out there, there's always a reason that you feel like you want to go outside. You like you you look out there and you see a dog or you see somebody or something's happening. And it's just mm-hmm. for whatever time that it's going on, it is just insanely scary. Mm-hmm. And this is not like a tornado where it comes four or five minutes is gone. This is going on for some time. And then that's when you start looking around with the people that you're with. And that's if you're not getting flooded out. If the water is 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 coming into your house which also happens in just bad rainstorms and bad roofs. But if the water is coming into your house, now you actually have a way to track the potential death of you and the people that you love. The water level is rising and you see it rise. And you're getting on top of something. You see it rise. You see it coming up and you're thinking, yo, if it gets too much worse, what are we going to do? So, um, you know, climate change, we talk about climate change. As things get w- warmer, these sh- these storms are going to get stronger. So they say. That's what people say. And so what used to be a once every four or five year occurrence in South Louisiana is going to be pretty regular uh, in, in the future. So if there's anything that people can do to help, anything that people can do to help, like I said, go to my IG. I'll be putting up some stuff later. Anything that you can do to help, please try to help. So a lot of people down there, a lot of Americans down there um, that are scared and some of them are going to need to rebuild and they're, they're going to need help if we really are the community we say we are. So it's tough, but hmm. God bless Louisiana. Yes. Do you have anything to add, Rachel? Or like you, it just seemed like you just kind of let that go. Is this Louisiana, Texas beef still that's happening? Or Wow. It, wow. I don't think that anybody can speak to what's going on better than you who's been through it, who's connected to it. So 
I would just be just talking to talk. So I wanted to leave it on a note of, like you said, you're going to provide resources. We all should be helping out. We all should be paying attention to what's going on uh, down there and um, looking to support in any way that we can. Yeah, sure. Is that better, Van? Just Is that better? Sure. Hey, 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 hey. Um, <laughs> all right, let's talk about Texas. Texas, the House in Texas has passed, since <laughs> we got to talk about Texas, sweeping voter restrictions bill. They they they're going for the sweep or four old sweep and keeping you niggas from voting. Okay, so <laughs> the Texas so, House of Representatives <laughs> has passed a sweeping election bill that will prohibit 24-hour and drive-through voting, block election officials from sending out absentee ballot applications, set new restrictions on providing assistance to voters and impose new identification requirements on mail-in ballots. One of the things that they are doing uh, like they said, right? Like I said, right there is to prohibit uh, to prohibit the twenty-four hour and drive-through voting. Just to let you guys know, this is uh, in Harris County, Texas, which is a Democratic stronghold, which is down there. Houston is part of Harris County. It's estimated that over one hundred twenty-seven thousand people use those services, like the drive-through voting and the twenty-four hour uh, uh, voting last last year. Um, and most of those people were black and brown. So, the state Republicans there. And Texas had been trying to get this done. The state Democrats have been fighting it by walking out of the sessions that they were having, but they eventually had enough okay. Democrats to have session. And in doing this, they passed this. Uh, it, it passed through the Texas House. It is now going to go up to the Texas Senate where it'll probably pass. And then obviously, it will. obviously Governor <laughs> Abbott will sign it into law. This is another, this is another attempt by the right. Let's call it what it is to, mm-hmm. uh, make it harder for you to do what you're guaranteed to be able to do as an American, which is take part in the democratic process. They want to make this as tough, as difficult as they can because they're spooked by what happened in last year's elections. You are a Texan. Your thoughts. I mean, it's disappointing, obviously. I mean, when you watch what's happening in Texas and it's not even just with, with voter, uh, these voter restriction laws that are being Im- implemented. It's the mask mandates or the lack thereof. It's CRT. It's the way that he handled the winter storm. It's the gun laws. It's, I mean, there's just so many different things that are happening. I'm not, uh, Greg Abbott, I'm not sure if he's running for president in 2024, but he really is a real life demon out there in the, in, in the way that he's running the state of Texas. And it's troubling because you got to pay attention to what's happening in Texas because other Republican-led states are paying attention. And this is coming to a state near you. If you live in one of these red states, they're basically outlining what they want to see other red states do, a Republican red states. It's so disappointing because they're taking away, like, your voting rights shouldn't be something that's politicized. Everyone should have the right to vote. You should be making it easily accessible for people to vote. And what the state of Texas is doing is making it harder and harder and harder for certain people to be able to vote. And it, it, it's it's very obvious what's happening down there. It's it's sad because you don't know how to stop it. You know, kudos to the to the Democrats in Texas who were trying to stop this from happening. But then. I believe it was the Texas Supreme Court that ruled that they could be arrested if they didn't come back. And so they had to eventually. And there was no way around it. So it's sadly, this isn't it's not going to stop in Texas. We're going to see other states do this. And so it's important that we pay attention. And it's crazy also that it's happening at a time when 
We're celebrating the March on Washington. We just saw a huge march happen with thousands and thousands of people in in, in Washington, D.C. We had Martin Luther King Jr. the third on here talking about it. And we've got to bring awareness to what's happened. We've got to just because we have Joe Biden in and his administration um, um in, in the, oh gosh, I cannot talk today. Just because Joe Biden is the president and we have a Democrat, stop, and we have an administration that's run by the Democrats, doesn't mean that you have to stop paying attention to what's happening in your local states. Um, you got to pay attention to what's happening for, with For the People Act and for the John Lewis Voters, what is it, Advancement mm-hmm. Act? Yeah. Did I get that right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, pay attention, guys. Pay right. attention to what's happening locally. In the meantime, I remind you guys that the power still lies in you. Let's say that we can't rely on these politicians to get any guidelines passed to undo this stuff. Let's say the Mm -hmm. politicians are what they always are, which is L useless. Okay. (laughs) Very often politicians are useless. I tell you what's not useless. Solidarity and your actions. Okay. If they rewrite the rules in Texas, what do we need to know? What those rules are to the T. Okay. How we organize, how we plan, plot, and strategize to get people to the polls and still make it possible for them to vote. Okay. So uh, while things are going on in DC or in Austin or in Baton Rouge or in what's the capital of Georgia? It's the capital of Georgia. What's the capital of Georgia? Ooh, pop quiz. What's capital of Georgia? Is it Savannah? Savannah. Is it Savannah? Is it? Wait a minute. We both said Savannah. <laughs> hold, on, hold, on, hold, on, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I don't know. I used to be able to name all the capitals. Savannah, which I misspelled, Georgia. Okay. If it's Savannah, what are we treating ourselves to? Savannah, Georgia is. The... Oh, my God. It's Atlanta. Okay, well, that's great. All right. <laughs> it seemed too obvious, right? right. Didn't it seem- <laughs> <laughs> We treat it's, ourselves to it's, shit. It's never, it's never the biggest city, though. That's so weird. Shame on you, Georgia. I didn't know what the capital of Georgia was. Uh, now, so <laughs> in Atlanta, in all of these places, right? What we need mm-hmm. to do is what we need are, we need a tremendous effort so that people do not feel discouraged from voting. This energy is out there. It's out there all across the South. It's all across the nation. Like elections have consequences. A lot of the people that are in Texas, they're there for as, as long as they're going to be until we can vote again. But until Texas can vote again, should I say. But what, right. what can happen is that there can be not just local, but nationwide organizations, nationwide initiatives to make sure people, wherever they are, have the information that they need and that they're motivated to go out and vote. All right, and so that don't feel discouraged if you're if you're pissed off about what they're trying to do all over the place, push your politicians to confront them in the state houses all over the place, whether we know what the capital cities are or not. Okay, but also get involved and get involved in places where it it it's outside of the sphere that matters to you. I'm here in Los Angeles, and so is Rachel. Texas matters. It matters, even though we don't live there. Louisiana politics matter. They matter everywhere because this is a coordinated effort from the right, from most of the right, 
to make sure that people can't exercise their American freedoms so that they can arrest and hold on to power uh, in this country. And that's yeah. a that's a 365 de- degree fight. Uh, and it's not just and this and, and, and when I say pay attention to what's happening in your local local and state governments is because too often we pay attention just to the election that happens with the president and the presidency and Governor Abbott, Greg Abbott is up for reelection next year. That's why he's making this session. It was so important for them to change the rules because he is up and 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 Texans are not pleased with the way that he's been running that state. So it is so important that with what Van is saying is implemented and not just in Texas. I only know about Texas because that's where I'm from. But it's so important that that is implemented now because in November of 2022, he's up for election mm. and we got to get him out. Very true. Very true. All right. Uh, not, not candy, man. Right. Okay. <laughs> We're I back. dreamed about that. Though, you dreamed about Candyman. I've never and I've never even seen the original. Isn't that weird that I randomly had a dream last night about a movie I've never seen, about a villain I've never, I don't even know really that much of the story behind him other than he's black. And I dreamed that he was after me last night. Now you want me to break? What this, does that mean? I tell you what, what does this, that mean? I tell you what this dream means. You're dreaming that the black men are after you. <laughs> after coming from the D nice because they were after, after, after they were com, after me after last coming night. Coming from the D nice concert <laughs> where you got hey Brown, hey Brown, hey Brown dress, Brown dress. You know what I mean? Where you got so much of that, you're dreaming <laughs> that these black men are after you. And I'm scared. And you're you're scared <laughs> of it. Because you're like, I've been left that behind. <laughs> Thank um, you, Joseph, for yeah. interpreting that dream. <laughs> uh, shout out to Candyman, Nia DaCosta, first black female fem- female filmmaker to open number one at the domestic box office. So shout out to Nia DaCosta. Shout out to Yaya Abdul Mateen. Uh, have you ever have you ever looked in the mirror and said Candyman five times and then flicked the lights? Have you ever were you with a, one of those people? Who I had about? heard about that. I'd heard about that, and no, I never did. Did you ever do Bloody Mary? I did. Did she pop up? So one time my uncle oh, did my uncle um shout out to Uncle Rodney. One time we were uh uh like we used to go, my cousins and I were like all around the same major in Houston. We used to stay at, at different aunts, uncles' houses. And we did that. And like we left and we said bloody, we like like turned the lights off and went in the bathroom. We were like, bloody, bloody mirror, right? Or is it bloody Mary? Bloody, bloody Mary. Mary, yeah. Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, and we turn on the lights, and he had put ketchup all over the mirror, and we just screamed because we thought that there was like blood all over the mirror, and then we ran out, and he's like, ah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> Fuck Uncle Rodney, I'm sorry. Like, no way. Oh Why do people do shit like that, man? Don't He used do to that. do that to us, stuff like that to us all the time. He was my favorite uncle. No. Is, I should still say. No. Hell no. Uncle Rodney, chill. That's the type of shit to where I'll wait till I get big enough and then I'll lay hands on Uncle Rodney. Like, don't, don't. That's the kind of, see, you know what's funny? Is I really look back on shit like that as the type of shit that gave me my anxiety disorder. Because people would- Did that happen to you all the time? No, no, it would happen enough though. It would happen enough that like, you never know how a kid is going to react to that. Why would we be fucking with kids like that? You never know how a kid's going to react. It's fun. Don't get me wrong. It's fun to scare it's kids. Fun. 
There's nothing. There's, there's nothing more. There's than, nothing more fun. Is that what you're gonna say? Uh, scaring kids is fun, man. <laughs> scaring kids is like super. Well, there you just got super. to answer to the question. Scaring kids is fun. That's why we do it. But I can't. I'm not gonna scare kids no more. I'm out of the scaring kids business. Because I look back on some of this stuff and like you know people would tell me shit, and then I would hold on to it. You know what I mean? Like I would think about it for like a long, long time. But you didn't scare people like that. Like I remember one time my older sister was coming home from watching one of the Halloween movies and my dad used to always make us call before we, if we were driving by ourselves, before we turned, when we turned onto the street so he could watch us park the car and walk into the house. So she calls. Wait, so I'm like, what? Oh, okay. So if we were driving alone at night and coming home late and we were still living at home, like high school, uh-huh. My dad used to make us call the house when we were turning on the street. Uh-huh. So, because we lived in like a cul-de-sac. So when we got close and we turned on the lane, he was like, call. So he could watch us from the window, park our cars, and make sure that we were walking safely. So we, so somebody was watching. Right. So you're not alone. So nothing can happen to you. And okay. also, so you don't break curfew. Because that's what that's really about. Because the you re- could, there, was no, there was no sneaking into the house. You couldn't sneak it, in? It didn't matter. No, we had alarms set and everything. Wait a minute. Hold and on. my parents and my parents stayed up until we came home. Really? Mm-hmm. One of them did. Usually my dad. My parents. So he was right there. My parents was like, you could I could I could literally come home and kick the window open. <laughs> oh, like no. break through Maybe the window. You were a gu- and they would they do that with your sister? I don't remember. Whatever she did, she did it on the sneak tip. But whatever, tell the no. story. So you were walking. Okay, in. so so she so she had called and they're like, okay, she's coming, she's coming. She just finished seeing Halloween. This big tree in our front yard. I put a paper towel over my face and cut out the eyes <laughs> and had a huge butcher knife. Uh-huh. And my sister's already, you could tell she's scared from seeing the movie. So she's like scurrying from the car, like holding her purse. And as soon as she rounds the corner of the driveway, I just come walking, but like a fast walk with like the knife. And my mom's like right there to open the door for her. She screams, runs into the house, falls down on the floor and just breaks down crying. Right. It was the funniest thing. See what I'm saying? I would never take, I would never see take that saying? back. See what I'm saying? <laughs> the only thing that I would do is obviously the clown stuff with my sister. We've talked about no, the clown attacks before. No. But she was grown. My sister still is afraid of clowns to this day. I love you, Ebony. And she's grown. So now making fun of the clown shit is more picking at her. Get over the clown shit more than it is kind of right now. Aren't you the one who saw the commercial with the clown with the milk carton? That's different. Why is it different? It's different. <laughs> Why is it different? It's totally different. <laughs> It's, Shout out to the Thought Warrior who found the clip totally and different. sent it. <laughs> totally different. I, told, I was thinking about that a couple of nights ago. You ever be in your house by yourself and then you look around and you like, for a second you go, I'm scared. Of course. And you're like, I'm in there and this is such a pathetic moment from a 276, four pound like guy, six foot four, 270 pound man. I'm looking around and it's like, late at night and Bozeman is asleep. <laughs> Normally when Bozeman is awake, I'm like, that comforts me. But Bozeman sure. sleep, Bozeman sleep, sleep it's completely dark. And I went, yo man, I'm kind of scared right now. <laughs> Cause you like hear a noise. Yeah. You hear a noise. You hear a pop. Yeah. You see something, you see something kind of like go fast past your, like out the corner of your eye yeah. all the time. And then I, I, I like, I grab my shotgun 
But and here's the thing. So I grabbed the shotgun and I put the shotgun next to the bed, right? Just don't know why I did it. But the thing is, I'm not scared of anybody Serious. like I'm not scared of anybody like coming into the crib. Cause if you come into the crib, I'm gonna put you on your motherfucking ass with the shotgun. So I'm not scared of that. I'm You're scared sc- of ghosts. I'm scared of Freddie and them. Like, you can't shoot Freddie and them. You can't beat them. They can't be beat. So like I like I'm I'm not scared of motherfuckers coming in the crib. Boom, pop you, you're down. Shoot you. Ah ah. East us. Or me and Bozeman, we we tear out the back. We run. Like me and Bozeman, does, we out. How does Freddie die? He doesn't. So this is what happened to Freddie. Spoiler alert. So so Okay, movie came out. <laughs> I haven't seen. I haven't seen. I don't remember the end. I okay, think I so saw one of them. This, this is the story of Freddie. Are you ready? This is what happened to Freddie. Freddie was child molester. He's the son of ten thousand maniacs. All right. No, he's no. That's not. You're not going to snowfall me. This is what you did in this snowfall. Is absolutely no, true. I don't know. Wait, 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 wait. This is absolutely he's true. He's the son of a pedophile. No, he's he's said? the son of ten thousand maniacs. So Freddie's mom. You said a child molester. So just listen. Okay, so Freddie Freddie himself was a child molester. Okay, so this what? one. No. <laughs> yes, he was. Wait, wait, Rachel. I'm telling you the truth about Freddie Krueger right now. I'm really telling you the truth. So Freddy Krueger, his, his mother was a nun. She was she worked in an insane asylum. She was raped by the guys at the insane asylum. That's why they call Freddy the son of what ten thousand maniacs. Dark movie. That's why they call Freddy the son of ten thousand maniacs because his, his his mother was a nun that was raped in the insane asylum. Freddy ended up working at the school or doing some shit at the school around Elm Street, Spring Springfield, Illinois, whatever, wherever they were, and or wherever it takes place, and he was uh, molesting the kids, like assaulting the kids. The parents of the kids got together and burned Freddie alive, right? That's why his his face is so messed up. When Freddie was being burned alive, these dream demons came to him, and they said, like, we'll bring you back from the dead and let you get revenge on all of these people. Do you want it? And Freddy was like, yeah. Dream demons come into Freddy and make Freddy this immortal goblin of dreams. The kids that Freddy is killing in Elm Street in the first one are the sons and daughters of the people who burned him alive. And then he just likes it so much that he's going over and over and over and over again. So at the end of the whole saga, in order to kill Freddy, you have to get to these dream demon people and get those dream demons out of Freddy and then just kill his body. They they did a lot of stuff to him, but they weren't able to keep him gone for forever because he was a fucking goblin demon type of guy. And that's the type of shit that I'm scared of. There are so many disturbing things that you just named with that. I don't know how you were able to watch that as a child. See, that's I- the thing. Think about watching that as a kid. Think about watching that as a kid. These are all the Freddy movies coming out. This is what happens. <laughs> Freddy, Freddy, Freddy. And then at the end of it, you think that you've killed him. You shoot him with a shotgun. You pour holy, holy water on him. Whatever you do to him. The, <laughs> holy the, water. They use holy water on him one time. It was like for the father, the son, the Holy Ghost. And Freddy would, Aah! and you think he's dead. And then Freddy 4 comes out and his nigga's back. And, you, and, 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 and you're like, you know, they did one movie. Wes Craven's new nightmare, 
where, I don't know if you saw this, Wes Craven's New Nightmare is about the making of the Freddy movie where Freddy comes to life in the real world. So Wes Craven is in the movie as Wes Craven. The girl that plays uh, Nancy is in the movie as she's playing Nancy, right? And Freddy from the movie comes to life in the real world. Came out like 94, 93. That's extremely disturbing. Do Did you ever dress up as Freddy for Halloween? Or was that too much? Fuck no. The I remember I had a neighbor who did. Of Freddy Krueger. You guys have no idea how much anxiety I've had over Freddy Krueger. There, like there was like a talk show one time. And I can't remember what the talk show was. I can't even look at Robert England's face. There was like a, <laughs> there was, there was like a talk show one time. i never forget the talk show. For some reason, it was like a family show or something. It was like a weekend variety show. And Robert England was like a guest on the show. But before they brought him out as a guest, they cut to the crowd. And in the crowd, in the audience, he went, hi. And he was Freddie. And the people... <laughs> And the people around him were like laughing because he was like right there as Freddie in front of them. And this was once again in my life, it was an unprompted Freddie sighting. And I didn't know as a kid that this was coming. And what happened? I fucking lost it. I lost it. Uh, unprompted. I was not ready to see Freddie. I'm like, and all of a sudden, it's an unprompted Freddie sighting. Um, anyway, uh, speaking of blood. So you got to watch Freddie. We should have a. I am. We should have a. We should have a. Like have a, you done uh, it on the rewatchables? No. Or do y'all do scary movies? Y'all don't do scary movies. We haven't. We haven't done the scary movies yet on the rewatchables. Now I'm thinking about Freddy. The scary. <laughs> not gonna be okay tonight. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> uh, scary situation happening in Good Morning America. Uh, lawsuit says that Good Morning America throats are uh, hosts are at each other's throats. A bombshell lawsuit against the former top producer of Good Morning America has ignited a firestorm behind the scenes. Co-hosts George Astephanopoulos and Robin Roberts are allegedly at each other's throats over the handling of claims that their former boss sexually harassed, sexually assaulted, should I say, multiple women at the network. This is being told to the Daily Beast. Last week, Kirsten Crawford, a producer who works closely with Stephanopoulos on the top-rated morning show, filed a lawsuit against Michael Korn. Michael Korn uh, is the former senior executive producer of GMA, alleging that he sexually assaulted her and cultivated a toxic work environment. Korn has denied these allegations. ABC disputed these claims, okay? Um, GMA... GMA staffers apparently discussed these lawsuits, uh, these, this lawsuit on the team I call where Robert Roberts was very upset. She said, if this happened to someone on my team, I would have burned the place down. Obviously, that assertion means that it happened on it happened to somebody on George Stephanopoulos' team and that he was uh, less enthusiastic about getting to the bottom of it. Staffers heard that remark and said that it was subtly directed at Stephanopoulos, who said that he had, who, according to the lawsuit, had been informed Crawford's sexual assault allegations four years ago and continued to work with Corn. Wow. Um, <clears throat> this is bad. The comment made its way back to Stephanopoulos, who was livid, very fucking upset. So 
this is kind of what we're talking about, and this is a is a story happening between two of the biggest stars on uh, on network television, uh, obviously, but it speaks to what happens once you get an allegation, once you know of an allegation, once you are aware of something that's gone on potentially at the shop that you work, how is it appropriate to respond to that, and what is it that you should do? Uh, in your opinion, what's the answer here? Like you have two people well, who are at each other's throats. So in, in addition to the story, uh, correct, uh, forgive me if the timeline's off, but when it happened, so I'm not going to say the years, but when it happened, um, that producer went to George Stephanopoulos, told him, he then went to HR and said something and told her that they would reach out to her and I guess they did. And so, for some reason, she didn't have the conversation with HR. Um, and it just kind of died there. But George knew about it. Um, I, there was one report I saw where at the time when he heard about it, he was emotional about it. He reported it. But then nothing was done. So the thing that the, 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 the issue is, is, you know, could he have done more? And he continued to work with Michael Korn. Michael Korn was just uh, left that position in April of 2021. And I actually went in to have a talk and interview with Michael Korn. I've met him. And this is probably within the last two years, two, three years. And this is these allegations were made, I believe, in 2016 or 2017. And the issue, the problem is that the George knew about this, knew that there was this allegation there and it just kind of died down. So it makes it seem like either he didn't believe the producer, the female producer, or he was, he just uh, uh, continued the relationship with Michael Korn with these allegations here as if nothing happened. And it makes it seem like he was complicit or okay with it, which is why I understand where Robin Roberts is coming from, because I'm more of the, the mindset that she's under. If this happened to my producer, someone that I work hand in hand with every single day, and they confide in me, they trust me enough to tell me of something that happened to them. And, and it should be also known that there was another woman who is named in this lawsuit as well. Her account is used by the woman who's currently suing. Sorry, I'm not, I'm not remembering names. But the woman who is currently suing used this woman's account, but that woman is not uh, filing her own lawsuit but she did permit this woman to use her account. If I knew all of that, if I'm George, if I'm George, I'm reacting the way that Robin is. I'm not going to, I don't want my name attached to this. This is somebody that confided in me about something that happened to them where they felt that they were violated. I am going to make sure that something happens with this, that the person who confided in me is okay, that Michael Korn is brought into the room and it is, and the situation is dealt with. He's either removed you know, and, and, and the person who is the victim feels like that justice was served. And I think it is despicable that this went on for so long and nothing was done. I'm sorry if, if, if everything is in these allegations are true. George did not do enough. He didn't. So. I agree. Is it possible that he thinks he did enough? So you I could, do, I, so, so he 100 so, thinks he did enough. So then, he thinks so, he did then enough. so then the question is, is he an asshole? Cause that's the question that we're asking, right? So the if you come and you tell me something about somebody did something to you and yeah. then I go and I alert people, I tell HR, mm -hmm. I do whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, 
on your behalf, mm-hmm. at what point it, there are a lot of people who are going to go, okay, well, you came to me, I went to them. And I'm the star of the show. So if, if me going to HR should hold an enormous amount of weight, at what point is it off of my plate? And I think that's the question he might be asking. Um, it is weird. I'm, by the way, I'm not in any way saying that George. No, 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 no. This, right. I'm, I'm saying it's a, it's a legitimate thing to say. Right. Is he does he is he an asshole in the, in the bottom line of it? Well, I think that he kind of took it off his plate. It seems like he was like, well, I did my part. You know, I did what I was supposed to do. But did you? Because this is a person who confided in you and worked hand in hand with you very closely. I mean, you don't just go to anybody and tell them that the big boss sexually assaulted you. You don't just do that. She came to you for a reason because she thought you could do something. My thing is you continue to work with her and him. How would at no point did you say to her, well, what ended up happening? Are you okay? You know, like, did Is there something else that I can do for you? How do you feel working with him and seeing him every single day? You know, unless this, unless this woman said, is it possible that HR told him don't inject himself into it anymore? And that, that they, that could have happened. That could have happened, but that wouldn't be enough for me. Right. And, and as a person who has as much weight and clout as, as George Stephanopoulos does at ABC news. I mean, look what happened with him. And, um, the other guy, the other anchor, I mean, they were flying the, up his contract so he didn't leave, extend his contract. He's extremely valuable to them because he's not just use news, he's politics mm-hmm. as well. And so I, I just think that there was there wasn't the fear for him to be like, either I did enough or, you know, don't say anything, George, you know, don't get involved. He had enough clout to where that wasn't an issue for him. I think that he let he was like, I'm letting HR do their job. But I think Robin can come from a different perspective as a woman to to give that point of view that maybe George didn't even consider. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's wrong on his part. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how you could sit there knowing that somebody is being accused of sexual harassment, sexual assault. And then for years, this person continues to hold the position and the power that they do. Yeah. And 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 you're just moving along like nothing happened. It asks a very central question. And the question is, do men, some men, want these people out of their positions? Or do they feel obligated to do what they think is the right thing or the politically correct thing? Does it make you, was George Stephanopoulos pissed off? Was he mad about it? Was he, was he... You mean mad that he knew the information? No, or are you mad, mad that, that it, it happened? happened? Right. Does that bother you? Because here's the thing, there's a, there's a there's a difference. And I'm not casting any expressions. I don't know George Stephanopoulos. You know, you probably met him. You you Stephanopoulos, Martha's Vineyard, Obama's party. You, you're the type. You know. Is it Stephanopoulos or Stephanopoulos? Because you're saying it. Okay. Is it Snuffleupagus? George <laughs> Snuffleupagus. Let me tell you something about Snuffleupagus. There's a fucking citizen. There's <laughs> there's a citizen. You never hear about Snuffleupagus involved in any of this shit. Never. Never. Snuffleupagus is a good brother. You know what I mean? Loyal friend to Big Bird. Like Snuffleupagus. Shout out to Snuffleupagus, man. He. You know what? Real quick before How I do go you know back, he's a he. Whatever. But before 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 we go back to this, underrated. I don't see people wearing Snuffleupagus shirts. 
I don't see people doing Snuffleupagus related material. Snuffleupagus has never had his own movie, from what I know. Maybe he has. Maybe he has. A lot of them haven't. Well, I'm just saying, Snuffleupagus is he's great. He's adorable. I want to hug him. Start the movement. Yeah, I could. Adorable. I could start the movement. I can do a Snuffleupagus mm-hmm. movie. Like it's movement about, uh, is what I said, but no, or but, movie. Go ahead. I know I got the movement, but the movie is a part of the movement. Anyway, back to George <laughs> Snuffleupagus. Uh, yo, so what I'm saying is, like, does that piss you off? And I think a lot of the times that's what sisters are asking. Okay, yeah, you did something, but if that situation were different, right? If if there was somebody who was a raging anti-Semite, or if there was someone who had offended a group that you hold, I always talk about this when people are making excuses. Uh, for other things, like if somebody would have said the N-word, if it would have been this, if it would have been something that would have just stuck in your crawl to the point to where you wouldn't want to be around this person, would you have acted differently? And if you don't act that way, is there a part of you that either didn't believe the lady that was bringing the um, the the allegation to the table or is abided by the bro code? And, Here's the question. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were finished. I'm sorry. No, no you got it. This is what George has to ask himself. If this happened to your wife or your daughter, would you have handled it in the exact same way? Can I be honest with you about that question? Sure. Isn't the wife and daughter thing a little played out at this point? No, because if your energy isn't like you should be, to, to use your word, pissed off. Right. If you're more pissed off because it happens to somebody that you know, that you love, that you're connected with, or just and you would react different to somebody who's your producer, uh-huh. then I think that that says it all. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I, I don't think that you can say that it's played out. If you would have a different reaction because it's a loved one versus somebody that's just an, uh, a coworker to you, then I think that that says a lot. Yeah, then I think that says you didn't do enough. I get it. Or would you react that same way? You're right. It's not played out. You're right. But the only reason why I don't like the wife and daughter thing is because it personalizes it to a degree that like makes us kind of look past the issue in and of itself. It's like I would like it's almost when guys say, I would want my wife or my daughter to go through something like that. Well, nigga, we're not talking about your wife and daughter, nigga. We talk about somebody else's wife and daughter. But you have you to personalize it because that's way. why Robin is so upset. She's okay, a woman. Okay. She's a woman. So that's, it's like, it's personal, you know? So it, I think that's how, would you have that same energy? Would you have handled this situation the exact same way? Yeah. I think that's the question you have to ask yourself. Yes. Well, we'll see what happens. More's gonna more's gonna come out. That lawsuit's not going anywhere. Not going anywhere. The lawsuit's gonna be around. And it's gonna be interesting to watch uh Good Morning America now, which is something. Oh, they're I, professionals. No. It always bleeds over. Do you remember when We will watch this story play out on the morning show? Do you remember when that's great? Do you watch that? Love, it's a good show. Do you remember yeah. Ted Lasso, great show ever? Do you remember uh do you remember Can't get into the second season? Do do you remember when um Michael Strahan and uh Kelly Ripper. Ripper had their beef. Mm-hmm. So good. So good. <laughs> Michael, we're talking about divorce. Nigga, you got divorced. <laughs> I, I, I've never experienced that. Why don't you tell me what it's like to ruin your fucking family? It was just so great. It always bleeds over. It always bleeds over. Just like it bled over, it bled over here. Remember? In the family no. meeting, it bled over. 
It bled over. No, it doesn't always bleed <laughs> it, it, it over. over. <laughs> That's enough. That's enough podcast for you guys today. Um, we got this very serious question uh, earlier, so we don't need to do that right now. Um, what is very? Oh, you need to answer. Van's very serious question. Yeah, I'm still. I've been thinking what about it. What artist entire has time. the most healing music? A Donda specific question. What's the most? What I artist know. makes the most healing music? Just fills your soul up. Non-gospel. Yeah, it's got to be somebody Motown. Um, maybe not Motown, but from that era. I'm going to say Sam Cooke. Sam Cooke is great. I'm going to say Sam Cooke. Sam Cooke is great. Cupid. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Draw little... back your bows. No. And I love Sam Cooke. No, I love him too. That's what, that's what <laughs> Your face. I love, I love Sammy. Too. Sammy. All right, take thing caps off. Do not stop learning. I am Van Lathan Jr. I'm Rachel Lynn Lindsay. We are. Out.